You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Hello and welcome to episode 96 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. Uh, my name is Chad Melbourne, joined by Casey Abrams. We do not have our gracious host, Mr. Harper Cody, tonight uh, to do the pleasure and the honor of hosting this podcast, so I'm going to have to fill in, uh, so just bear with us here. I'm doing my best, but uh, I think so far, so good. But anyways, Casey, how, how are you doing today? Well, Chad, I just had like probably my 13th uh, incredible weekend in a row. So I'm a little worried that something has to give and this next one's going to be trash or maybe the one after that. But, uh, this summer has been fantastic and still having some fun, but I did go out and I don't know if you noticed, but I, I think it's impossible not to notice. I listened to the fans, the critiques. I listened to Alan and Mansky specifically, and I went out and got myself some new lighting and a new webcam so it doesn't look like i'm freezing to death in a dark 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 basement anymore it kind of uh, looks a little better and i'm a little bit more like a tiktoker now with a ring light so here i am there you go i'm gonna have to get one of those myself because i did not listen to alan he had a comment about the lighting for you but as you can see it looks like i'm in a shadow <laughs> world right now i can't i don't know why the light won't get me into this but i also haven't got a haircut since alan told me to so alan mind you damn you know we're working on it here casey's got the light <laughs> One at a time. Yeah, one at a time. We're going to do our best here. So uh, in, in this short, you know, little kind of a special episode with just Casey and I, we're, we're just going to talk about a few things. And the first thing that I wanted to bring up and the whole hockey world has been talking about it because there has been much going on in the hockey world at all is the Yasperi Kotkaniemi offer sheet that was uh, given by the Carolina Hurricanes for one year for $6.1 million. Just Case, give me your initial thoughts of this whole uh, developing situation and uh, sort, sort of what do you think? Well, my initial thoughts are, thank God. Oh my goodness, we needed something to to happen in the NHL. We were getting so bored. There was nothing going on. We were worried about what we we're going to talk about. All the NHL pages are doing all their like stupid like uh, vote on the team with the best logo because yeah. no one has anything to talk about. So it was so great to get some offer sheet news. It's always an exciting one. It's always something that everyone wants to hear about. And they're always like, oh, I wonder if anyone's going to get offer sheeted. Uh, well, here we are. And this one's a spe- special case because there's a whole lot of pettiness going on here. So much. Uh, as we all know, the uh, Montreal Canadiens offer sheeted Spash and Ajo in the, in the past. And, uh, well, the Canes are getting their revenge with Kutka Niemi here. And the pettiness is unreal with the, the 15 at the end of the salary to get uh, Jasperi's number in there. And then the $20 signing bonus, as in Spash and Ajo, and kind of forcing them into signing this guy for $6.1 million when they've been talking to him for, I think it was 2.5 million for two years was the last time they talked yeah and i'm loving it i think it's hilarious but at the same time i think the i think the canes might have got themselves in a little bit of trouble here because frankly i don't think the montreal canadians will will uh um compensate them i don't think they will I personally, I don't think they will either. I I think it could go either way. I mean, you get a player, 
for one year overpaying them but then the qualifying offer for the second year would be more than 6.1 million so essentially you're getting Jesperi Kakaniemi for two years at over 6 million which like geez his recent production like that number does not look good that's if they want to match the offer I don't know if they will or not Mark Bergevin has shown that he really doesn't give a shit and he will you know turn over players he'll turn over his roster so I'm excited to see sort of what he does but what I wanted to read as well talking about like some of the pettiness and I've seen it called uh I've seen this whole situation called a fifth grade boy pissing contest that was an actual article I read and and might not have been those exact words but I, I did my best there um but, but this was the quote from Bergevin in 2019 when he offer-sheeted uh, Sebastian Ajo. He said, Sebastian Ajo accepted our offer. He wants to come to Montreal. He sees our youngest up-and-comers in the organization, and he wants to be a part of that. We're proud, but there's still a waiting period. So then this year, Don Waddell, on the day that he offer-sheeted Jesperi Kotkaniemi two years later as payback, Waddell said, quote, Jesperi Kotkaniemi accepted our offer. He wants to come to Carolina. He sees the core that we've built here and he wants to be a part of that. We're proud, but there's still a waiting period. So almost identical word for word, just swapping out Aho and Kakanyami's name there and then Carolina and Montreal. But what did you make of those quotes and just the pettiness overall? Well, that that's just it. It's complete pettiness and it, it really is a grade five pissing match. And um I don't know. I, I think it's quite funny and the canes have been known to do the whole social media thing so uh their front office getting in on it is a little bit of a surprise to me but if there was one team that's going to do it, it's carolina hurricanes uh or maybe like seattle or vegas but uh, i'm not surprised with this but there there's just so much going on here and uh, a lot of it's confusing to me um but honestly if i if i was Jasperi, I don't think I'd really want to be involved with this very much. Um, he's kind of getting pulled into the mud with all of it. Uh, but if I were him, I would have said, if you want me to be a pawn in your game, how about $200,000 signing bonus or $200,020 signing bonus instead of a twenty Chris $20 bill? Like, right. <laughs> that, that was a funny part to me. The, the $20 signing bonus is the biggest petty move in the whole in the whole situation. Yeah, because like, like, what is the point of that signing? But it's just to show that he wears number 20 and it's the whole, you know, subliminal thing. But at the same time, like if you're trying to get a player to actually sign, like, wouldn't you think you'd throw a real offer? Like maybe, you know, 500,020 or something, you know, like, yeah, just to, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that to me was a little bit odd, but see, see, that's what makes me know that just Barry knows exactly what is going on here obviously after with all the social media stuff coming out after he, he it's very obvious but um during the whole negotiation process he had to have seen that 20 dollars signing bonus and went yeah okay i know exactly what's happening here you sickos yeah exactly <laughs> but um, like pettiness aside let's talk about the actual hockey move here yeah what would you do honestly i think this is kind of win-win for both teams if you ask me because I think that, uh, you know, there's been speculation that Montreal will take that first and a third and flip it instantly and get a guy like Christian Dvorak to go up the uh, and, and play center for Montreal. Because, I mean, they have some bad center depth now. Um, 
I didn't even like it when they had Jasperi on their team at second or two C. Yeah. And then I think is Ryan Paling is is slotted in at three, and then Jake Evans, who's a great bottom six guy, but you don't want to see him slot up to the second line playing with Gallagher and Hoffman. It's just not a, not the fit. So they definitely have to make a move and get a center if this is if they don't um, qualify. But then you look at the uh, Carolina Hurricanes side of it. I think that. We, we've seen players in the past not be able to fit into the Montreal Canadiens system and it just doesn't really work for them and talented players. And I, I think that that might be the case for Jasperi as well. He's a young guy. He's got a high ceiling and I don't know really if he fits that defensive like uh, forward type of system that they play. And I have to think that if they if he went to Carolina, he'd definitely blow up in points a little bit. He wouldn't be a 20 point guy next year. That's for sure. Yeah. So I find it interesting there and a first and a third for a guy that went third overall, isn't crazy, even though he hasn't really proved himself. Um, but if there's a team to do it, I again think it's the Carolina Hurricanes. They have a pretty good prospect system. They they've been doing very good at drafting, getting players kind of later than uh, they were ever projected. Guys, we've mentioned a hundred times like Noel Gundler right. and uh, Zion Nybeck, and uh, who's the guy this year? Um, oh, the hell, the hell was his name? We met, we mentioned it on a previous episode, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Just like overall, the only thing, like when I look at it from Carolina's perspective, you're getting a player that you know you're overpaying, but it's for one season, and then you can qualify him for the second season. You know you're overpaying him a bit, but at the same time, you're still getting a useful player that will more than likely break out in points at least. Um, just based on his production in Montreal, not really fitting the system like we talked about. He's going to be playing with good players as well in Carolina, players who can finish, which not a lot of Montreal Canadiens can. So it's uh, it would be good for the player and it'd be good to get him and hopefully he fits in your system. Because a first and a third to, to give up for a, a third overall pick to me totally worth it like we see first round picks go like nothing like we saw nick felino come to toronto for a first round pick he played five games with the team like granted not a lot of people like that move but at the time at the deadline like that first round pick means nothing especially for a team uh you know who is one of the the top teams in their division although that's something that i actually wanted to talk about too because that's where it could backfire for carolina that metro division is going to be super tough i think it only got better in this offseason and so if they somehow don't make the playoffs or if or something right and something goes bad like one of their players gets hurt or you know their goaltending is a bit odd if it doesn't you know stand up to the test like if they don't make the playoffs and then they get entered in the draft lottery and we see montreal get the say like a top five pick or something stupid like could you imagine how crazy that would be and what the hockey world's reaction would be that that would be pretty crazy but i don't know i I find it hard to believe i think this is going to be a pretty late first round pick even if they don't make the playoffs it's still going to be you know the second worst odds in the draft draft lottery just because you know points and how they'll place compared to the rest of the league because the metro is so good so i don't really know it's kind of sketch to think about but that's that's kind of one of the the points that you want to bring into this conversation is that this is probably a late first round pick and then a third round pick you look at more that firsts that were traded and and 
first getting given up to win a Stanley Cup in Blake Coleman, where yeah. they, they gave up a first and Nolan Foote, who is also a first round pick. So he's no he's no third round pick. So that's a pretty good deal. I'm not comparing Kotka Niemi. Tough name. Not comparing <laughs> him to Blake Coleman, but it's just a, an example of what you have to give up to really be successful in this league. And I think this is a pretty easy case for Carolina. Now the contract is a little big. Yeah, uh, I know it's only for one year, but it hurts my brain to think about how they didn't want to pay yes. their uh, their golding to Djokovic, and then they also didn't want to pay Dougie Hamilton over six and a half. I know there's term in that conversation, but you don't want to pay Dougie Hamilton over six and a half, but then you pay Jasperi six point one million dollars. It's like just it just adds to more of the frustration for me. But um, you have to think. You know, if I were the Carolina Hurricanes, I would have approached this with, I know that Montreal doesn't want to pay him this much. I know I have some cap right now. I'm going to talk to him and say, listen, we're going to give you a big deal right now. It's going to be a prove yourself deal. And then, you know, right now, I think you're worth maybe $3 million. So there's $3 million extra dollars I'm paying you there for the contract we give you after that's probably going to be around four and a half million dollars i'm taking one million dollars off of that contract each year and you're getting three and a half million dollars and six million dollars this year right like there's got to be some sort of negotiation there uh, i was talking to, the, uh, to luke vanderbaren about this today we we have to think that there's some sort of long-term deal going on in the background with Jasperi and the carolina hurricanes for them to actually like be okay with this deal going through and this big salary for one year yeah, well, also, too, like we've heard rumblings after the fact now that Kakiniemi isn't even happy in Montreal and is actually actively seeking to get out of Montreal. And that's why yeah. he signed the offer sheet. So if that's the case, I mean, they're probably not going to match the offer. And he's probably a Carolina Hurricane, which which is ridiculous. We haven't seen an offer sheet actually go through in a long time. But man like this is fun this whole thing like this whole exciting situation is fun and we have a few more days until i mean most likely until we get an answer and and we see what or where kakaniami's playing next year but if you yeah, were to, if you were to put money on it where would you say carolina yeah yeah me too i i think that carolina is gonna have them have him and there's been a lot of cases where guys who struggle on other teams then go on to play pretty well in Carolina. So like Vincent Trocek or Nito Niederreier or um, there's one more I want to want to bring up, but um, guys that struggle in the other team's system and then and they come to Carolina and it's an easy place to succeed with the, the talent around you and as well as one of the best coaches in the league. So I think it's the best thing that could happen to Jasperi with him being scratched in the playoffs and kind of being a 3C in Montreal and not really finding his groove and maybe not fitting the system and wanting out of there. Well, this is great for him. Yeah. Okay. Wrapping up the offer sheet talk, just a quick one for you. Are there any other candidates in the NHL right now that you think are ripe for an offer sheet? Because I have one in mind and I have a team that could do it. But uh, I want to know if you had any off the top of your head. Not off the top of my head, but I'm uh, pretty interested to hear yours. Elias Pettersson should be offer sheeted. 
by a number of teams, but he won't be because I think the lesson from this that GMs are going to learn is that offer sheeting a player typically isn't worth it because you have to overpay so much. What like probably that's I think what they will take away from this. But Elias Pedersen should be offer sheeted by the Seattle Kraken for ten times seven because why not? Elias Pedersen is extremely good. He doesn't have a contract. They aren't going to be able to sign him for more than a, a, like a, a smaller bridge deal because they also have Hughes, uh, Vancouver, that they have to sign. They have to sign Pedersen and Hughes. So they're both likely going to get bridge deals. So take advantage of that. Offer sheet one of them. And you have the space. You have the picks. Seattle's a prime candidate to do that, I think. And, and Elias Pettersson, I think, is the better of the two, more franchise-altering between him and Hughes. Debatable. I mean, it depends if you prefer offense or defense. But Elias Pettersson, I think, is really, really good. That would sell jerseys for the team. Like, I think it's a no-brainer. They should. Hmm. I think that's interesting for sure. And I would love to see it because it would be even more exciting than this. Yeah. Um, you know that I love Pettersson so much he's like one of my favorite players in the league and uh, i think that any team would be blessed to have him like yeah franchise center for sure in the future and uh uh seattle would definitely benefit off of that right now but i don't think that they're in any position with obviously the lack of a prospect pool Mm -hmm. as well as the lack of a talented team if you ask me uh to be going ahead and giving up three first round picks I think that's just bonkers, right? I don't know what the rest of the compensation is. I'm sure it's like a three first, a second, and a third, or something ridiculous I think like it that. Might, I think it might be four first, depending how I four first is, over yeah. ten million. Yeah. yeah, so that's a lot to give up, and that's mortgaging your future for sure. Especially when those are probably going to be some pretty juicy picks. Like next year is going to be very good. I, I, I don't see them succeeding. So. Um, to me, there's a lot to give up there and a lot of a uh, lot of a gamble. So especially with really good drafts coming up, I think that's something that you have to take into consideration is next year's and the year after that is like full of studs. So um, I love offer sheets, but I think there's another route that Vancouver can go here is to give them bridge deals and then you trade Quinn Hughes, the New Jersey Devils for a lot <laughs> in a couple of years. That's uh, Luke Hughes was on uh, Speak of the Devils yesterday and uh, today, and, and he was talking about how he knows Quinn feels left out, not playing with his brothers. And he says, obviously, he's happy in Vancouver and likes it there, too. But he wouldn't be surprised if he was looking to get reunited with the brothers one day. Damn, that's uh, that's a whole lot of speculation there, Case. But I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, uh, speculation station. Two more things that I wanted to touch on just quickly. Um, just, just like I said, this loose episode right off the top. Like without our host, we're kind of just rambling this whole thing. But a couple fun questions that we've tackled already, and a couple more to go. So, the next one I wanted to ask was uh, from Instagram. So, we have, we don't have. Sorry, I should phrase it like this. We don't exactly have confirmation that the NHL will be participating in the uh, Olympics coming up, but we kind of do, right? Like there have been lots of leaks saying that the deal is all but done pen just needs to hit paper and so uh that's got a lot of hockey people thinking and we've seen the groups now for the men's uh come out in in full form we know what the groups are and and china is going to be playing in the olympics because they're hosting and they're 
going to get beat down 100 to nothing. One this reporter what you said. Let me, yeah, let me, yeah, let me cut you off. That wasn't what I wanted to talk about. That's not what you want to talk about because I wanted to bring that up on this episode. Go go ahead. Because I have the Instagram post here. Uh, One of the quotes is If the Canadians had two players and no goalie, they would still win comfortably. (laughs) And that was by a coach close to the Olympic Chinese team on China versus Canada. And then. Yeah, the other one is a coach with first-hand experience with the Olympic Chinese roster believes scores against Canada and the U.S. could be in the region of 100 to nothing. (laughs) And now the IHF has threatened to remove China's men's ice hockey team from the Olympics if they fail to gather foreign players to field a more competitive team. So those would be guys living in Canada or the U.S. that have dual citizenship. So that's absolutely bonkers those uh quotes but i really don't blame the double ihf although this is not really how it's worked in the past um yeah. and i mean you've been we've been surprised before not in hockey we won't be surprised in hockey but russia when they were hosting uh they made it into the world cup for or the uh the olympics um soccer and they weren't half bad like surprisingly not bad so yeah maybe leave them in there but i think there's better teams out there you know instead of china maybe belarus or um austria are both teams that are on the outside looking in well they are both disqualified now and they have some good nhl players on those teams so yeah that's right there's a handful of good teams that won't make it but of course because china is hosting they they're the automatic in and they're gonna have to field some players or ice some players from canada u.s wherever who have some sort of chinese heritage and that's I, I think that's been done in the past, but I don't think to the extent that it's going to be done in hockey, men's hockey, which it has never been done like this. So that's going to be interesting to watch. But I actually wanted to bring up uh, how our fans built our roster for Team Canada uh, over a year ago now. And I just I shared it on our Instagram the other day. And there are some notable names left off uh, and particularly in, in net we had quite the quite the goalies in that and it kind of surprised me looking back but this this team was built by our followers so i just wanted to ask you now quickly if you were to pick three goalies to play for team canada at the olympics which three would you pick and remember they're just next year yeah that's that's a big part right there is they're just next year and for for that reason it's going to be um well, for one, Mark Andre Fleury is on my team for sure, mm-hmm. and Carey Price is probably still on my team as well. And then my third goalie is Mackenzie Blackwood um, to kind of, you know, get get the future in there, get him in the locker room, getting him in reps and practice, and and so on and so forth. Just get him with the team, kind of knowing the guys even better and experiencing what the Olympics are like. So in four years, he can take the reins. Right. Fair enough. I think. Uh we had Price and Holtby as the two goalies. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, but that's correct. And also and, bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> Braden Holtby's getting bought out. And <laughs> yeah. Braden Holtby, yeah, that's that's tough. But when we made this a year ago, we didn't really know, right? Like he was just going to Vancouver, and we thought this is the resurgence sort of of his career. He was coming off a cup just two years prior. So, I mean, it, it was – fine to think that he would be there but i don't think he will be 
Um, there's also Bennington, who, again, coming off a cup just a couple years ago now, a pretty good goalie. There's also Carter Hart coming off a tough year last year. Um, obviously, his name will always be tied to Mackenzie Blackwood, good young goalies. Um, so there's him. If he has a bounce back, he could be in there as well. Um, and a handful of other guys who might surprise you, obviously. But I just wanted to ask Darcy you that. Kemper. Darcy Kemper, that's right. Um, and you know what? Kemper's probably going to have a really good year this year in uh, Colorado because who wouldn't? Yeah. So there's a handful of good guys who are in the mix there. So that's uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. Final question I had for you, again, just kind of off the dome, just kind of spitballing here, uh, is about Matt Kachuk. Did you see his comments, Matt Kachuk? No, I didn't. He said to a reporter, we have to do something right now. Um, and that's not that might not be exact, but he was referring to Calgary. It's time for us to do something. That was his quote. And uh, just talking about the Calgary Flames, what the hell do they have to do to be a better team? What would you do if you're the GM of the Flames right now as your first move to improve the team, either short-term, long-term, whatever you want? What would you do? Because it seems like this team is pretty good on paper, but just sucked last year and hasn't been able to get anything done. Yeah, it's tough. It's um, it's kind of in the same vein with me as Jack Eichel um, <laughs> talking about the Calgary Flames and talking about them trading Johnny Gaudreau and trading Matt Kachuk and tearing down and Trey Living saying I'm looking to shake up the roster and, and then just nothing happening. I yeah. mean, last year they went out and got uh, one-eighth of the Vancouver Canucks <laughs> and that didn't work out for them. Um, you know, there's been moves here and there, but I don't, I don't know if there's something wrong with the province of Alberta or what's going on, but it's both those teams have been just in such a rut and constantly looking for what's the solution. And I don't know if there is a solution other than uh, going out and trading a big fish to bring in lots because yeah. I think that's what just what needs to happen. And I don't, I don't know exactly um, what they need to bring back, but I think it's Johnny Hockey that has to go. I think that you got to hold on to Matty Kachuk. It's uh, um, not just for his play, but for the fandom and for, for everything surrounding his name and, and what he brings to the game and, and how he plays. He is a great hockey player, and he's he's such a gritty little bastard, and I would want him on my team. So yeah. I think that you want to keep him around, even though it seems like he's the more outspokenly upset person. But I think Johnny, uh, Johnny Hockey, you got to trade him and you got to get a lot. Yeah, now there's been rumblings that they've started uh, contract extension talks with Johnny Hockey, that he wants to stay in Calgary, and so who knows what will happen there. Personally, I have no idea. Like, when we talked about this team last year at the beginning of the season, we thought that they were going to be one of the best teams in the North Division, and we saw that they very clearly weren't. Um, Tanev had a really good year. I really liked that pickup for them. Um, and Markstrom was okay. Could have been better, but I still think that he's a good goalie and, and can really bounce back this season. He's a bounce back candidate for sure. 100%. And that we should do a whole episode on that because there's a handful of guys who are definitely 
not going to bounce back, but have a good chance to bounce back. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't really know. Trading Johnny Hockey to me seems like the right move, but I think his value has just gotten so low over the last couple of years. Same with a guy like Eichel, his value just sorts like sort of deteriorates the more people talk about him and the longer they hold on to him. So. Yeah, I don't know. I thought I'd ask you to see if you had any any insight or any thoughts about that. But it, it's just a tough one. Like you see it in the news all the time, and it's it's kind of tough to see a future for this team that doesn't involve those four forwards. Um, and it's tough to see them winning with those four forwards and just the group that they have in general. So I, I wouldn't go as far to say that because I'm just looking at their roster now. I think it's one it's of those pretty teams. Good that can play some pretty good defense yeah. like up and down the lineup um and i'm more talking about the forwards than the the d yeah for sure but bringing in blake coleman's always huge there's like uh you know that brett ritchie trevor lewis those guys can play defense sean monahan's trickled down the lineup and he's still a good hockey player i don't really care what anyone else has to say about that yeah manji has got a bright future there i think he's gonna continue to light it up i'm not I'm not as worried about this team as Matt Kachuk is, apparently. But, yeah. Uh, I do think that there is something that needs to be done still. Well, the, the problem is, right, is that they look good on paper, and then they just weren't. So, I like, I don't know where the disconnect is, but something has to give in Calgary. Like, maybe it's coaching. Who knows? But they just signed, what, Sutter, Sutter for three years or something. So maybe it's offer shooting uh, Pedersen. Maybe it is. I don't know. We'd have to look just at the continue to, space. Why don't we just blend the whole team with the Vancouver Canucks? <laughs> Listen, something funny is that we always say, and this is going back to the offer sheet talk, we always say that it'll never happen and this kind of thing, like we talk about it every season, and we're the only league that keeps talking about things that literally never happen. There are a couple things. Offer sheets never happen. Sign and trades never happen. Those two things, but we talk about them all the time. So we've seen an offer sheet that might go through. Maybe we'll see a sign and trade. That would be really fun. But uh, I just think it's funny. I thought I'd bring it up. But anything else, Case, before uh, we, we cap off this episode, episode 96 of the podcast? No, I don't think so. There's uh, really nothing going on in the hockey world. There isn't. There really can talk, isn't. Can talk some baseball or soccer with you right now, but that's pretty much it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, you're right, though. There's nothing going on in the NHL, and that's why, as I said last episode, I'm looking forward to really the four or five, maybe six episodes leading up to the to the start of the NHL season because those really are the meat and potatoes. Those are the best. That's where you get our predictions, uh, you know, for, for all of the conferences and divisions, and that's where you get our breakout candidates and, yeah. you know, dud candidates and all that. So I'm excited for all of that. But Yeah. yeah. That's where you get to listen to us say very, very foolish things about the college. <laughs> yeah. um, also, I saw a, a post or a it was a New Jersey Devils post of PK Subban looking absolutely oh. jacked. And first comment, absolutely loved it. It just said, ah, so we're at this part of the off season, PK workout videos. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's like, oh, nothing else is going on. What's PK Subban doing in the gym? <laughs> yeah. Well, even NHL discussion has their like workout discussion. And it's always like after a brief hiatus, like, and then you got, you know, Kirill Kaprizov chucking tires or something, doing some Russian 
crazy workout or whatever. Yeah, you got but. two thing, two things. It's all the Russians doing their ridiculously weird workouts. Yeah, like sledgehammers and CrossFit and throwing rocks at cars and yeah. I don't know what else they do. <laughs> and then there's the other side of it, and it's whatever team just won the cup. They're getting absolutely freaking schmongled out there every True. single night. It's like one player each week getting just obliterated true so like stammer the other night with uh frankie from hockey illuminati you see i that? saw that yeah, yeah. that's pretty, that's pretty cool. cool it's Definitely pretty cool close. okay yeah. well that's oh, uh that, oh chat. nope not okay go ahead final thing okay we gotta go to the uh outdoor winter classic <gasps> that's proposed this year in hamilton lease and Sabres in Hamilton at uh, Tim Hortons Fields. I will 100% be there. In March, I'm there. Yeah. I'm going to camp out outside. I'm there. (laughs) Say less. I'll watch the leaves beat up on the Sabres. That'd be great. (laughs) Well, we can stay at Josh Smith's house. We don't need to uh, camp out. Oh, fair enough. Okay, well, that's uh, that's everything for this episode, episode 96 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. I hope we did well, just the two of us, without our wonderful host, Harper Cody. He'll be back next week. Uh, no worries there. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Boys in the Booth. Like us on Facebook at Boys in the Booth. And uh, for just $1 a month, you can become a patron of the podcast at www.patreon.com slash Boys in the Booth. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth. 